I think you look at what's happening in the workplace and cultures and, and people wanting to do certain jobs and work in certain environments and not willing to work in other environments is causing cultural shifts. It's causing awareness of the human side of, of work as well. And so that may be part of what's, what's driving this change, but it, it's not like all of a sudden after Corona, boom, it happened. It's been a trend that's been happening, but it seems to be picking up. People like to talk about culture. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a great week out there. We do this show every week, and there are people behind the scenes who really make it happen. It's not just me. You hear my voice, but there's a number of people who make it make it really work. And one of them is our producer, Emma Hughes, who you've not met. But today you're going to meet Emma because she and I are going to do this this particular episode together. So, Emma, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. It's so nice to be on the other side, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Emma, you do a lot more than just produce this show. You do uh, all of the content for, for Sophia, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So I manage all of our social media, all of our PR. Anything content related is, is kind of, I'm your girl. <laughs> there you go. And where are you located? Where are you joining us from? I am based in England and I live in the southwest of England in, in a tiny little village of 4,000 people in between Bristol and Bath in the southwest of the UK. And is it winter there? It's winter, although it doesn't sound as cold as where you are. But it's cold for England. We had a, a week of rain, and now we've got a week of that rain just being frozen. So it's <laughs> <laughs> roll on the spring. <laughs> yeah, sounds tough. Well, we thought we thought we did. We talk about some of our our favorite episodes from the year. We'd kind of recap what we all learned last year, kind of different things we heard, and so it's going to be fun. We're both going to kind of share our perspectives on it. So I think I'll start. I made a list of my top 10 favorite episodes and it's hard because all the episodes are great. And so I sort of cheat a little bit because you'll, you'll know in a second that I got a lot more than 10, but I'd have to say one of the areas that was really uh, impactful was our, our sustainability episodes. We had nine episodes that I counted. I think it, it, one of the first ones was why product sustainability matters with Kevin Brady. And then we had uh, six episodes with Jim Fava, who just really took us through 10 golden rules. And so I, I think sustainability was one of my favorite topics of the year. The second one for me was was what I label as practitioners. So this is the people who are actually doing innovation. We've had some great consultants, some great authors, some great experts, thought leaders, but it's always fun to talk to actually people who are doing it. And so we had we had some great episodes. I, I remember not invented here syndrome in open innovation with Tim Kidd and navigating innovation challenges for success with Dave McAdam. And then the Open Innovation Playbook, how to work with scale-ups and maximize success with Marie-Jose Vandenbaumgard. So I thought that was that was kind of a fun one as well. Number, yeah, the number so so I cheated with number one and two, putting a bunch of episodes in. But but number three for me, uh, again, not necessarily in this order, but I thought dual innovation and in practice with Ralph, Ralph Christian Orr and Ava Budishin was really great because that's 
companies struggle with, well, how do you do dual innovation? How do you deal with disruptive and core at the same time? And and Bosch has figured it out and they took us through exactly kind of how they do that. What do, you, what do you think, Emma, when you hear me say this list? Yeah. I mean, Jim Favre is one that kind of resonates for me because yes, we did quite a few episodes with him on sustainability and I'm sure we'll be meeting him again in 2024. I think he is just... I think he's coined the the father of life life cycle. He's he's got such a great reputation, such a great way of explaining sustainability and the the importance of it to our audience. And I think it's definitely a, a subject that we're going to hear more and more of this year, especially as new initiatives and guidelines and laws come into various markets in terms of this business's sustainability. So yeah, Jim's definitely onto a hot topic with us, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of fun because it's not just somebody saying, hey, sustainability is important, but he's sharing how, how do you do it? How do you become more sustainable? How do you make more sustainable products? How do you change your innovation so that you can include that as part of your innovation? So I, I think the how part of, of, of Jim's stuff has been fun to, to hear. Yeah, and his passion for it as well. His passion for what he speaks about. He's not just a preacher. He really is a person that's a real advocate for sustainability and making it the thing that uh, product people think about at the front end of a project rather than kind of as an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. As we're talking, I'm thinking about the the ones I've mentioned so far. And the neat thing about them and, and all of our guests is it's they're always talking about the how. Right. They're always explaining in their experience, how do you do it? So, so how does Bosch do uh, dual innovation? So I think if I move on, number four for me was how to nail product positioning with April Dumford. She's just an amazing person to talk with. And it was one of those magic episodes. Somebody wrote to me afterwards and said, wow, that sounded like a radio program because it was just so, so dynamic. Yeah. She's a great speaker. I've actually subsequently been listening to her podcast as well. We'll drop a note to that one in the show notes because just the way she speaks is, again, another passionate person who speaks with such, not everyone has the best voice for for radio or podcasts or audio. So when we get these amazing guests on our show and they are so engaging and she's so friendly and personable, I think that for me what is what makes a great guest because that's when the information goes in and sticks. Yeah. Another one for me, my number five was how to influence executives with Rich Mirnoff. Now, Rich is well-respected in the product management circles, but you know he just he just puts it out there. He doesn't dance around the challenges that product managers have. He just, you know, this is the reality of the, of the situation that people are working in. And, and if I had to, this, this product management with him and then with Dan Olson and Steve Johnson, we did Steve a replay and then we did a live one with Steve and that whole set of episodes was just for me really interesting to hear those, those thought leaders and those experts who are teaching others how to be better at product management, share with us their views. Yeah. You must be quite flattered as the host of this of the podcast to get such, for want of a better word, heavy hitters in our industry on the show. And with with no kind of trying to twist their arm. Everyone's very happy to come onto the show. They've all got something useful to share. So I think it's quite a 
It's very flattering to, to you as the host, Paul, to know that these people want to come on the show and they're happy to come on more than once. And you always have a great conversation. So we're very, we're very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I would say I'm humbled, very humbled to be able to have, have these people come and share their expertise because the, the quality of what they, what they share is just so good. And I'm grateful that they, that they've done that. Another one on my list, just got a few more. Another one was Carla Johnson. Carla has been on the podcast twice. And what I like is she, anybody can be creative and, and be an innovative thinker. And, and she's talking about how, and it was just very motivational to me. Yeah, she she made it onto my list as well of one of my favorites from 2023. I think because... I don't know, with many industries, of course, everyone has to have their skills and experience, but there's a lot of smokes and mirrors, smoke and mirror in various industries. I'm going to say marketing is one of them, but we all have, <laughs> we have our, our skills and our learning and our knowledge and our experience. But I think what, what, what happens, what's happened in that episode with Carla is that she kind of said, makes it accessible, makes not the idea doesn't have to come from one person with an organization. It doesn't have to be the product manager or the person at the top of the tree. Anyone can come up with a good idea. And I think what she talks about is very empowering. And I, I really respect that as a, a way of our audience feeling that, okay, they might have a brilliant idea, but they don't feel they're in the role to do that. Well, I think listening to an episode like that gives you that feeling of, okay, I can do this. It doesn't have to come from this certain individual. And I find, I find that really inspirational. It, it, me too. Me too. And just the assessments that she offers in her book about you can make your own assessment of where you are and what type of person you are. It's just very, it's neat stuff. It's a lot of research yeah. she's done behind yeah. it. It's not, it's not somebody just saying, oh, I'm going to write a book, but she's got many, many years of research behind it, which was really fun. Yeah. I just have a couple more on my list and we'll get to the ones I might have missed on your list. But we had one about fearless transformation, revolutionizing B2B services for profitable productization with Aisha Armstrong. What I liked about it, it was a bit of a different topic. You know, the, there are a lot of services businesses out there that need to innovate and need to productize what they do. And that's not so easy to do. And she talked about, well, how do you do that? Why should you do that? What does, what does a product, a services product look like. So I thought it was from a content standpoint was, was rather interesting for us. Yeah, I think especially as um, brands and companies shift their focus from perhaps from products to services or, or vice versa, I think it just kind of opens up the landscape for thinking about what your company offers what else could it offer? What does what could it what could this be replaced by? So yeah, I think that was a really interesting episode. Yeah, I think you're right. As 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 we all move to not just physical products, but digital products, and we all move towards creating with our digital products our customer success organizations, there's a natural play there for for services that will just come out and being able to look at those as products. So my last one on my list was just because it's it's really it's almost unfair not to mention all the other people because there's so many great <laughs> people right but but i really liked the insights from an ai product manager with william Mulholland for a few reasons one is the subject right it's 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 a hot very important subject and we've got some others that have also spoken about it but but i think william was so he was so gracious in recognizing many other people that are doing great work here. And so he didn't talk about himself. I think he talked more about others, which was really quite remarkable. What a, a nice human being. 
Absolutely. He was he was really gracious. And I think he was noted down as my most well-prepared guest of mm. 2023. He was he really offered so much in in that conversation. I've, and I think his content that he puts out on LinkedIn and his own social channels are worth following as well. He's just a really lovely guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He is and very well connected. So if you if you do get a chance to reach out and connect to, to William, you should. Well, that was kind of my list. What's your list? Yeah, though? what did I miss? There's quite a few crossovers there. I think two ladies that stood out to me were our KPN ladies. So we had Benji Coetzee, who spoke about authenticity, energy, and overcoming self-doubt. And Marie-Jose Vandenboomgaard, who spoke about open innovation. And the energy of those two guests, whatever's in the water at KPN, (laughs) I want some. Because those ladies are on it. They are full of energy and they are there to help their team and and other people in the organization kind of do their best work. And I really respect that, especially when Benji was talking about how she really thrives on that kind of face-to-face interaction with her team. She was saying that she moves around office to office to, to really get that kind of to pick up on the team's energy and ideas and enthusiasm. And I just thought those two ladies were particularly inspiring and also path path gosh who spoke about the the feature factory for me he just deserves a massive shout out because again just his energy and enthusiasm and passion for his subject and just just the way he presents actually i think he's such a unique individual and i think his content again that he puts out on linkedin and he his various talks that he's done are just he's great and i think you'd met in person hadn't you at an event how we ended up connecting. Yeah, I met Partho at the Product-Led Alliance Summit in San Francisco last year. And when he speaks in public, it's really energetic. Such a great guy. Very fun. The room stops stops doing other things and listens because he's just fun to listen to. He's a great presenter. And I was, again, so humbled that he would be willing to come on our show and share some of his expertise. And your point about KPN, I first met MJ at, at an event, at an innovators event in Europe. And... You could just tell when a person comes into the room and just has a magnetism that she had, just really smart, has it figured out, but so generous and so magnanimous. It just was amazing. You just, you just say, this is a person I want to, I want to do business with. I want to know. I want to learn from. She has just that, that with her. And then she recommended Benji and Benji was amazing because how many people are willing to put themselves out and talk about faults and risks and things like that, like she did. So, and it was also cool because it wasn't, it was a different type of podcast for us. It was about leadership, right? And it was just amazing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you were saying about those two ladies being kind of when they walk into a room and they're kind of people that that's the dream guest, isn't it? The people that kind of light up a room, but they can still do that without seeing them. So obviously our our audience are listening just on the audio, but you still get the sense of the energy of the conversation, which is, yeah, as a producer of the show, that's, that's, that's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Would do any others we missed from your side? Do you think about? No, they, they were, they were kind of my, my standout, of course, 
like you say, everyone deserves recognition. Yes. We've been so blessed to have so many interesting, inspiring guests. And I'm sure we'll have lots more in 2024 as well. But of, the, of all the guests that we, we spoke with last year, are there any success stories or strategies that kind of really resonated with you? Yeah, that's a great question, Emma. So I think I like the novella story and why they are successful. And when Dave McAdam talked about just, I learned so much about aluminum that I didn't know about how, how recyclable it is and what their strategies are as a company to be a leader in what they do. I thought he, he, he really shared, shared quite a bit. I think very resonated strongly with me. I, I, I think he was a great presenter as well. I like the Bosch story. I think that was a du- that was an episode for us where I had two people, two guests at the same time. And I, I get a lot of questions on we need to do both our core innovation and our future innovation, whether you call it disruptive innovation or whatever label you put on it, this is the, the core and the next generation of innovation. And I get a lot of questions from companies about, well, how do I do that? And what I liked is that they shared the model and they shared open that they have a paper that anybody could download and, and really learn how to do it. And I think Bosch is such a leader in, in the world in innovation. Every time you, you, you look for, if you search for innovation in Bosch, there's so much out there. I think we already talked about the, the ones that help us as people be better, right? So Carla and Benji, you know, to me, that really resonated because so much of this is where we are people and we have to do a better job as people. We have to, to learn. And so I, I really enjoyed those as well. I think there's a, there's just a lot to learn from those folks. Yeah. Do you think there's a bit of a shift there with people talking in this way? Because if I just cast my I mean, I, I've been in my career for about 25 years now. And when I first started out in uh, marketing where I began, people weren't talking about this type of stuff. My, our leaders were very much talking about, okay, what are our KPIs? How are we going to reach them? It wasn't about the people behind the KPIs. It was, do you think that there's a bit of a shift in how we talk about this type of aspect of our, of our work life? I, I definitely do. And I think it's, it's increased quite a bit since, for whatever reason, since the, the coronavirus experience. I think you look at what's happening in the workplace and cultures and, and people wanting to do certain jobs and work in certain environments and not willing to work in other environments is causing cultural shifts. It's causing awareness of the human side of, of work as well. And so that may be part of what's, what's driving this change, but it, it's not like all of a sudden after Corona, boom, it happened. It's been a trend that's been happening, but it seems to be picking up. People like to talk about culture. People like to talk about what, why it's nice to work here. And when you, when you look at people interviewing for jobs, they're not just interviewing for what's the job, but what's it like to work here stronger than ever before. Yeah, yeah, which I think is a, is a, is a good thing because I think yeah. they'll, then hopefully the, organization will get longer retention of staff because they are happy and fulfilled and it's not just a tick box exercise does the cv match the role yeah and what about so thinking about sort of challenges so obviously in in our world of innovation challenges are part of the process anything in 2023 that you think there was kind of a trend with product managers where they might have had some challenges and anything we can learn from that yeah, definitely. I think that product managers are are really 
they're starting to come into their own as an organization. They've been around in, in, in the digital world for a while, but now other companies are starting to say, Hey, I need this, this kind of capability of a person doing this type of, of work. And the shift of product managers away from the feature factory that Parther talked about into a more strategic role, a more of a leadership role is definitely a trend that's happening and it's a challenge, right? Because two things have to happen. One is the product managers have to grow in their skill set and be comfortable to do things maybe they've never done before, like talk to sales or, or, or and get out and talk to customers or talk to executives, right? And battle for a case. And so there, there's that, that they have to do this, but there's, there's also a tremendous amount of resources now, conferences, education, books to help them, them do that. And so there's a whole growth thing happening here. And I think that's the challenge for product managers is to, grow into their new role. And the other side of it is the organizations need to grow and accept that, hey, these people are more than just people managing a list of, uh, of releases and they have tremendous more value. So we need to empower them more. And that comes from the other side. It's not the, it's the executive side who has to empower the product manager. So I think that's a big challenge that, that we're, we're facing. And, and certainly it's carried over into this year, but it's, it's, it's something that you see change happening. The other one is, is, I got two more. One is I had discussions. I remember when Esther Hans was on the podcast, we talked about the maturing of innovation. And I've talked to a number of people and they feel like innovation is maturing. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they say, well, now there are formal parts of the organization that are focused on innovation in different ways. The, the, the role of a chief product officer is a fairly new role for many companies. The processes behind innovation, the importance of, of doing it, the importance of measuring it. It's now something that companies will measure, not just revenues and, and things like that, but they're measuring innovation in different ways. And so it does feel like it's maturing. And I think that's uh, the challenge is, well, how do you measure innovation and how do you kind of more standardize it? I asked a lot of people about ISO 56,000, right? There's a group out there trying to standardize innovation. It, maybe it's too early. Uh, the general feeling is, no, I'm not ready for that yet. But it's all part of what's happening as as people and organizations are trying to mature innovation into a discipline, into a business discipline that's very much as important and recognized formally like sales and finance and, and manufacturing, et cetera. So that's another one. I don't know if you're feeling some of that in your social media context, Emma. Yeah, I think there's, it feels like there's lots of opportunity there for for organizations to really, they, they've got to, like you said, they've got to keep ahead of the product managers in terms of giving them what they need to succeed. And yeah, I think there's, I, we know that the kind of content that gets really lots of engagement is the the stuff around the stuff that supports product managers be really great at their job to, 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 and when they learn from some of the thought leaders and even the people that are kind of boots on the ground in, in, in the weeds, so to speak, those guys offer so much value. And I think, yeah, I think they're hungry to, hungry to learn. And there's a big opportunity there for good product people to, to kind of carve out a role that they, they want. 
Great opportunity, yeah. The other one, the biggest challenge, I think, <laughs> because what do you do with it, is is AI. It is so overhyped right now. Yeah. I had a, <laughs> I had somebody ask me the other day. I says, "Well, what about what about blockchain?" And if I thought, "Yeah, that's a great question," because that was so hyped some years ago, yeah. and you don't even hear about it anymore. So AI is definitely overhyped. It's going to, it'll go through its, its period of disillusionment and we'll see where it ends. The darling of AI, open AI, chat GPT is now facing all sorts of threats that six months ago, nobody envisioned. So you could have said, yep, that's it. Just hook up with those guys and you'll be good to go. And now you're like, oh, maybe not. So it's a big challenge. It's a really big challenge to, to fit it and go with it and use it. And so how, how do you think product managers can navigate? AI at the moment and do you think it's kind of sit back and wait do you think it's kind of keep keep your ear to the ground and watch what's happening and then get involved or how, how do you think they should approach yeah I, I it's funny because I had this very conversation recently with with a product manager I don't think doing nothing is the right thing but I think doing some lightweight simple things in other words don't go all in but try to find some things that you say okay with an AI approach if we did this, it would really add value to the people who use our product and, and, and find something simple that's not high risk. It's almost like don't pick the hottest topic on the market. Pick something that's maybe not so, not talked about as much, but still offers the AI type of value. So you're, you're making progress on it. If somebody says to you, what are you doing around AI? You have something you can say. But let let the really the hot flames burn for a little yeah. bit and see which ones will burn out because some will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from my perspective, I, I use a few AI tools and often in some in some cases, I will override what the tool tells me to do because it's, right. it doesn't sound as human as I perhaps if it's a piece of content, it doesn't sound human. And actually, I can sometimes spend more time rewriting something than initially. Yeah. So, but I do believe that technology will that will get better and better. We're just at the early stages of of this at the moment, but I, I'm excited to see what what it brings. It, it is. I'm going to ask. I, I like to share my favorite Chat GPT story, and I, maybe you have one too. But okay. I had a, somebody I know had to write a cover letter for a new business opportunity. And she wrote it. Well, she didn't, she wasn't comfortable. She it had to be in English. She's not comfortable writing. So she asked Jet Chat GPT to write it and it wrote it. And I watched this happen and it, it, it actually did a very nice job, but she said, I would never talk like that. I can't, I can't have it be that formal. And, and, and I said, well, why don't you ask Chat GPT to make it less formal? That's a business letter, right? And I don't remember what the what the greeting was on the first one, but it was a formal greeting to it may concern or whatever it was. So then she said, well, to chat GPT, please make it less formal. And then it began, hey there. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it was about as informal as you could get. And she's like, I can't send that out either. I says, no, you can't. So she put chat GPT in the drawer and wrote, ended up writing it herself anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I do see a lot of influencers in kind of the marketing space that are offering really good prompts now. So mm. this is the thing, this is the opportunity for these these guys is they're just offering the prompts that then, because I think what's happening is we're, we're self, we're learning how to use the tool, but we're le- just learning ourselves and not perhaps learning correctly or not learning the best way to get the best thing out, to get the best results. But when I see these kind of, these prompts that people are using actually, but sometimes I just think, have I got time to learn the prompts or should I just write the piece and get on with, get on with my day? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I moved away from it personally. I'm just writing again, back to writing because I like to write. But yeah, uh, yeah, I can see how it's an aid for people who, are not comfortable writing. Yeah, I think for certain aspects of of writing, it's, yeah, but I think, yeah, if you write a formal business letter and it starts with, hey, or what's up, (laughs) it's it's a waste of time. (laughs) Exactly. So my last question for you today, Paul, is on a personal note, what aspects of hosting the podcast do you particularly enjoy? What what do you love about our, our show? Yeah, well... I love the guests. I love finding the guests. I, I don't know that we've ever had a guest, Emma, who said no. They might have said, I'm a little busy right now. Get me in a few months. But I don't know if we ever had anybody that said, no, I don't want to do that. So that's really cool. Uh, but what I, I like as Emma, I like making a conversation. And I don't, while we have a list of questions or topics that we'll probably cover, there have been several episodes where five minutes in, that list is thrown out. And we're yeah. going to go wherever we go. And I love that conversation. It's like two people meeting in a pub. Uh, just tell me what you do. And yeah. in, in in three years now and 150 episodes or whatever it's been, only two guests were not comfortable with that approach. And I protected those guests dearly because we did the recording and it was terrible. And I said, we can't go out with that. And 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 I would not want to embarrass a guest ever. But all the others have done very well. And I love that. I love the... Somebody says, well, how do you do that? And I said, I just pay attention. I just really listen to what they're saying. And and that gets me to a, a place of, yeah, it's like we're, we're, we've met at a party or something and we're just talking and having a conversation. I love when somebody responds back and writes as somebody did. Hey, that sounded like a professional radio show. I know I've kind of <laughs> achieved some level there. The challenge for me is we've got a lot of topics going on and a lot of great topics, the sustainability, product management. But I, I do worry about, well, how do you balance that? How do you, the challenge we have on our show, and you didn't ask me, but it's got to be about innovation. It's such a broad set of topics. And so hopefully what the listeners are finding is they can do a quick scan of the title and the show notes and decide, yeah, I'm going to listen to that one. I'm going to skip this one because there's just so many, so many podcasts out there from others to listen to. We all only have so much time. So, so my hope is that, that we're picking topics that resonate and uh, but like I said, what I enjoy most, another thing I, I really enjoy is working with the team that creates it, including you, Emma, Thank because you. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a topic and then you'll you'll ask you, you'll come up with a creative title. And I'm like, wow, 
I couldn't come up with that title. And it's a perfect <laughs> title. And I love when you do that. <laughs> so that's, that's some of my, what I get on a personal level out of the podcast. Yeah. And I think the reason that those conversations that you talk about where you, you kind of go off script, you don't need a script is I think is due to your personality. I think well, that people you. feel at home talking with you. It doesn't feel like we're being recorded and we our, there's kind of any pressure. It just feels like a chat. And I think yeah. that's where people relax. They, they just tune into what they just naturally know. Yeah. They don't have to, because sometimes when you, pre- like I've done lots of presentations in the past where you over-prepare and then you stand up and it just feels like you're just reading a script. Whereas the, the kind of the, the, the good stuff is in, in the, the stuff that's naturally there, the things that you are passionate about and where, you're, where your shtick is, that's, that's, yeah, that doesn't need a yeah. script. And I think that's where you put people at ease and they can kind of go into their flow. Yeah, yeah. And most people, like I said, afterwards, we always do a debrief and we ask what they what they thought. And most have said, oh, I, I really like the format. So we'll keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So we look forward to having lots of guests in 2024. We and we're always open to feedback if people want to get in touch with us. We'll put some ways to get in touch in the show notes because we are like feedback. Obviously we are, we get feedback, but we're always open to more because that's what shapes the show. If product managers reach out to us and say, we want to hear more about this, then we will source those guests that can, can do that so that we can really offer value with, with the, with the, with this show. Yeah. We've had discussions. Is weekly enough? Is weekly too much? But we've decided weekly weekly is our is our cadence and Yeah. Uh, we're in the flow think, of weekly now. Yeah. <laughs> and you can always expect something from us every week and, and uh, hopefully people enjoy it. I think as a producer it keeps me on my toes weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still there's so many people out there that we need that we need and want to speak to. So I don't, we're never short of guests. We're never we're never short of interesting people to have these conversations with. So Yeah. And if anybody listening knows of people or wants to participate themselves, yeah. you really do reach out to us because we, we we love to talk about innovation. And if you're working in innovation, we'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. And it's been fun, Emma. It's, I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad you people now hear, oh, I hear a new voice. That's <laughs> yeah. a little variety to it. We should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Any last things you'd like to conclude with before we end? No, I think the show, so someone who's, who has only been with a business for less than a year, the, the podcast has been my deepest dive into innovation because I have learned so much from sitting in on these conversations on a weekly basis from different industries, different verticals, different angles of innovation. It's been so useful for me from a personal personal development level of really as the communications person in our in our organization to be able to speak with confidence because this is where things like chat gpt and just kind of putting together words for sake of words it's that's not gonna that's not gonna win but where whereas when i listen to the podcast and i learn from our guests i think that helps for me do a better job at being communications person here at sophion that's that's really really heartening to hear. And thanks for sharing <laughs> that, that Emma. Well, it's been a fun episode. Thanks, Paul. Wish everybody out there a great week. I hope you enjoyed that. Let us know. Reach out to us and let us know if you like this format. We could do it again. And I wish everybody a great week. Take care. Bye for now. 
Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.